No, just a second. I'm in the wrong place. Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46. And I want to share something with you. If you would, please, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each one who's come today. And we ask you, dear Lord, that you let the Holy Spirit teach us thy word. Encourage us in thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 46. I'm getting to read in verse 8. Verse 8. Remember this, and show yourselves men. Bring it again to mind, O you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executed my counsel from a far country, yeah, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have pur- purposed it, and I will also do it. Hearken unto me, you stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness, it shall not be for all, and my salvation shall not tarry. And I will place salvation in Zion, for Israel, my glory. I was reading these verses, and I got to thinking about the times that we're living in, and this is prophecy in the future. This is things that's going to happen in the future here that Isaiah is talking about. And then I, I was reading, and I turned on the TV, and I saw all the mess that's going on, and the, the, and I got to thinking, boy, this fulfilled prophecy is right here before us. And um, I what what bothers me more than anything else is that I've had at least five people call me this week and talk to me about churches that are just closing up. I mean, just uh, they're not having church. Uh, they're doing the best they can, I guess, with uh, iPod and everything like we are to reaching some of their members. But a lot of them just closing the doors, not having service. And I never, as I thought about these things, I, I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime. And I didn't know, isn't it strange to you how you, you would think they used to talk about the communists are going to get you, the communists are going to get you, you know? Russia's coming and, and atomic bomb and all this kind of stuff years ago. And uh, we looked at the how, how in the world is all this going to take place and we, I would have never thought it would be a germ or a war, uh, germ warfare. Like, and I believe that uh, China, and um, I know a lot of people might get angry about it, but I believe China, this is war. This is not just an accident. Uh, this thing is all over the world. And look at the thousands it's killed. But what I'm talking about is how it's affected churches especially in the United States. I don't know about the rest of the world, but I try to keep up with fundamental uh, Bible-believing Baptists. And I talk with some of them a great deal, a lot of them, and 
or keep up with them in reading some of the articles that they put out, and I see how bad that this thing is affecting uh, Christians. And I'm talking about Bible-believing Christians, those that love the Lord and worship Him. And I never thought of how this was going to close church doors. I was just reading this week. I, I forgot what state it is, is in right now. But there's one state that the governor said that they could not have over 10 people present in any service, no matter what size the church is. If it's a small church or a big church, you still couldn't have but 10 people present. You couldn't have any singing. And... Uh, because of the virus that it says it's going to be spread by it. Now, you just think about that a minute. Uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, most people look at the church and they never think about how the church is going to be, how its finances, uh, how the finances is take care of the church. Uh, they never think about that. They never think about the pastor or the music director, the piano player, and a lot of churches... Those are financial. Uh, they're paid in those areas that they serve the Lord in. And uh, if it's a big church and they have choirs and, and special singers, a lot of them is supported by the church. And if people don't come and people don't send their offerings, the church has to fold up. It just has to quit. And when you think about that, uh, and it's happening right before eyes. And I got in the Bible and I, I went through some old notes I got and looking through some things and, and I was thinking about the signs of the times that we're living in. Now, let me give you something. First of all, there's the international signs. The Bible foretells a condition of national a nation to the earth just before Jesus comes back at his second time. There, there's some, for instance, number one, there's the rumors of wars, Matthew 24, verse 6. Now, we know, listening to the news at least, that we're right on the verge of war, uh, world war, not just war with the United States, but world war. I was listening last night to how China is getting, um, with their instruments of war and how it's getting closer and closer. If somebody don't do something... Uh, they're just gathering up to get start a war. And every TV program that we look at is constantly talking, keeping, keeping everybody on nerve's edge. And um, then there's the increased uh, pestilence and famine uh, on the earth today. Matthew 24, verse 7. Uh, I got a, a farmer friends of mine, and one's got a big uh, a farm up in Ohio. And he's, he's always talking to me about the, what uh, keeps his crops. Uh, he has to spray all the time for pestilence that's killing his crops and everything. And, uh, even farmers around here continuously have to spray uh, just to kill down the pestilence. And we don't think about that. The normal person never thinks about the crops. But let me ask you something. Where are you going to get your food? If, if it keeps on going like it is. There are earthquakes all over. Out in California, uh, everywhere you look, uh, uh, South America, I heard of one of them in Egypt, and, 
And uh, you just look at it, and the Bible speaks that there'd be earthquakes in the last time. Uh, people be hapless, helpless to help themselves. Let me show you something. Look at Ezekiel for just a minute. Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 17 and 18. All hands shall be feeble, and all knees shall be weak as water. They shall also girt themselves with sackcloth, and horror shall cover them, and shame shall be upon all faces, and baldness upon their heads. And they shall cast their silver in the streets, and their gold shall be removed. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They shall not satisfy their souls, neither fill their bowls, because it is a stumbling block of their iniquity. I talked to two or three members of, uh, of the church here uh, this week, and uh, I said, uh, you know, uh, people need to get back in church. And they said, well, right now, preacher, we're afraid to come. And they're just afraid of it. Now, in other words, then there's things coming on the earth that, that you can't help yourself. Uh, and we can't help ourselves in this pandemic that we're going in through right now. And the Bible talks about those times. The times that we just can't help ourselves. Uh, again, many will lose his power. Uh, money will lose his value. Ezekiel chapter 7 verse 19. And uh, I was talking to a man just the other day and he said uh, that he was uh, going to do something that he could make a million dollars on and he would retire. And I said, sir, you can't retire today on a million dollars. I mean, if you're in your 40s or 45 or 50 years old and you're going to live to be uh, maybe 70 if the Lord's good to you, yeah, a million dollars, I'm not going to see, see you through that. You can't live off a million dollars now. Money's nothing. Uh, hundred, we, we talk about a uh, $100,000 now like when I was a boy it was $100. Uh, man alive, I remember when me and my wife would take a vacation on our old car and never even think about it. Take a hundred dollars with us and go on a vacation. You can't get past Brooksville on a hundred dollars now, and uh, and that's just where it's at. Uh, money's nothing anymore. It's just like water. Uh, days of darkness and gloomness. Joel chapter twenty, two, chapter two, verse one and two. Now, some want to say we're getting better socially uh, today, but the devil wants us to be blinded in reality. I have never seen it in my life where people are just waiting for you to say something where they can snap back at you. And I don't understand that. Uh, I go around whistling and happy all the time and, and, and I speak to somebody. Uh, just the other day, uh, yesterday I was in the grocery line and I had my grocery, I put them up on the thing, and the other person had done and gone, and uh, or done and put their stuff in their cart. So I didn't put the little thing in there, you know, it separates. And the one, the teller said, uh, are these yours, ma'am? I said, uh, so I mean, she don't pay for them, but they're mine. Just kidding. And the lady said, well, you didn't put the thing down there to tell it was yours or not. And I said, thank you, ma'am, for telling the whole story. I'm a dumb and dirt. How's that? And, and it's just, people just snap back at you. You know, I mean, just, hey, I'm enjoying life. Amen? But the Bible says in the last days that uh, there's going to be such dark days that uh, just people can't get along with one another. And we're living in that. 
the invention of, of, of war instruments. Joel chapter 2, verse 3 through 5 talks about the day of traitors. Mark chapter 13, verse 12. A man's word is not like it used to be. I remember, boy, when I was a little boy, if my daddy told you something and shook hands with you, he meant it. And he would keep his word. And I've tried to follow him in that all of my life. But nowadays, if somebody promises you something, maybe they will, maybe they won't. It doesn't mean anything. And the Bible speaks of that in the last days. Mark chapter 13, verse 13 says, The last sign among the nations is the increasing persecution of Christians and Jews. Man, I've never seen people talking about the Jewish nation like they are today and, and wanting to persecute the Jews. And do you know that America has more Jews in it than Israel does? And it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to think about that we're still taking care of the Jews and God is still blessing this country, I believe, because of it. Then there's the signs of religious signs. The Bible says in Jude chapter 18, there will be an increase of mockers of true religion. Now let me give you something. There's only one true religion. Alright? And that is that our God, Jehovah God, is the only God. Now, you can like that or lump it, but that's the truth. There's only one true God. And I heard a man this, uh, this yesterday on the news in wrath of one of these rioters and, and they're listening to him and, and he's got up there talking about if Allah be praised and bless me, I'll do this. i got news for you. Allah's not my God. And Allah's not the God of our country. Amen? And the Bible makes it plain that people used to respect the church and respect religion of God. Not another God, only our God. And uh, I was listening just this week, they, they burned down a church right there close to the White House. Can you believe that? They're burning churches down. Now, rulers will take counsel against God. Let me show you something. Turn over to Second Timothy for just a second. Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2, and I'd like to read in verse 2 and verse 3. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. There therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Notice in verse 2 uh, that he's telling this young preacher, you preach and you stand for the same things that I committed unto you. Not change them. Notice. Uh, in other words then, now we have no prayer in schools, no teaching of creation in schools. And, and uh, I was just listening this week of how they're teaching now that uh, for different races of being against different races in schools to our young people. Well, that's, that's dangerous. Now, the, our land of America was established on the Bible. And the Bible principle is that uh, we're to do unto others, you'd have them do unto you. Didn't mention color. I, was, I called, a, I, I've been looking for me on uh, another old Schofield Bible. And I called Oxford University. 
Did you know that Oxford University put this Bible out years ago? And so I called Oxford University and I was talking to the men there and they finally got me to the men that handled Bibles. And I said, Sir, I'd like to see if I could get an old Schofield Bible. Uh, he said, We don't carry those anymore. Uh, we don't do those anymore. I said, well, Where am I going to look for one then? Is there one anywhere that you can tell me? He said, The only hope you've got to find an old Schofield Bible is getting on... Uh, uh, Amazon is it uh, and on YouTube or well, I mean on Facebook and see if you can find one I said I don't have no Facebook and I never do business with Amazon And uh, but I was asking him he said well that's just too bad and hung up now I'm going to tell you the truth that's Oxford University that's a place that used to put out Bibles and he just as hard as he could be because he, he, he as good as told me we don't deal in them old-fashioned Bibles anymore. Now, the Bible says that's the kind of days we're going to get to. Amen? And we're there. Apostasy will creep into churches uh, or true religion. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. In other words, the true Bible is being denied in most churches today. The old King James Bible. People are falling away from God's Word more and more. I was sitting this morning thinking about the number of people that I've talked to that says I'm going to stay home because of this virus. I wonder how many has read their Bible this week at home. I wonder how many have sat down and, and just uh, prayed uh, with the Lord this week. Spend some time in the Lord. Do you know what church is for? Church is for us coming together and worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. You know what it is? In the Holy Spirit's name through the Word of God. In other words, if you don't preach the Word of God when you come and meet together, you ain't done nothing. That's just a, a social club then. If we just come together and have a good time and eat and drink and be merry, that's a social club. But if you're going to come and do what we're supposed to do to worship the Lord, then you've got to read the Bible. We've got to study the Bible together. And people are falling away from that. A religion will become a matter of form. 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. Now watch it. Where is the Holy Spirit in our churches today? Uh, how many is being saved? I was reading just a statistic uh, not many years ago, how many people... And I'm talking about Baptist churches now across America. How many have been saved years ago were being saved, and how many are being saved today? And man, I come away from there just, you know, brokenhearted to think of the number of people that's not being saved in churches today. They're preaching everything in the world except salvation. Now, uh, they say there's their speeches, uh, they say their prayers. Did, did you watch any of the, the uh, uh, what do you call them things, where the Democrats and Republicans get together? Huh? Convention. Did you watch any of the conventions? Uh, the Democratic convention left out God altogether. I mean, they won't even mention God. Didn't mention it all. Then you get over to the, uh, the Republican convention, and, and they, they had people praying of different religions, praying uh, at the Republican convention. You know what they did? They stood up there and read it off of, read their prayer off of. Now, listen to me. 
prayer is you talking to God out of your heart. Out of your heart. It's not putting on a show for everybody else. It's prayer. If I'm praying for you, I'm going to bow my head before God. And Lord, I want to pray to you. I'm not praying to you. I'm praying for you. And what the people don't understand is, that's a mockery to me. There was only one out of the four or five that he asked to pray before the convention in the Republic Convention that bowed their head. And you know who it was? Billy Graham's son. The only one that bowed his head and prayed to God. The rest of them might as well stayed home. They were just making speeches before God. The Bible says that's the kind of day was going to go. That would have never happened years ago. Many will not endure sound doctrine. 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4. As one man said to me, I can't come anymore to your church because every time I come, your preaching disturbs me. But you know that's what it's supposed to do? That's what preaching is for. Listen. Uh, people, even preachers, were ridiculed the second coming of Christ in Second Peter chapter two, verse three and four. And people don't want to talk about the second coming of Christ anymore. Uh, the federation of all religions in one uh, great world religion organization is coming to pass, and the new world order, Revelation thirteen, verses eleven and twelve. We now have the National Council of Churches. We have the World Council of Churches. We have the Baptist World Alliance. But the Antichrist must be the leader of all religions, one of these worlds. And the only way he can do that is all religions come together. And I, that to me, I'll never do as long as I live. I, it's just not. How are you going to do that? How are you going to sit and have service and preach out of the Bible and somebody else come along and preach out of another Bible and another Bible come along and I, I never will forget when Brother Wolf was alive. He preached one of the last sermons I heard him preach. And he said, we're laying, he was preaching to preachers. A whole building full of preachers. And he said, fellas, where we're at today is, we used to could say, stand, get your Bibles, and this is read all in unison before he would preach. He said, that's the way we used to do it years ago. We'd stand and read the Word of God in unison. He said, try that today. And your congregation come to him with all kinds of Bibles and stand and read in unison. You can't do it because your Bible don't read like my Bible. And he said, we got to get back to one Bible. Amen? And that's where it's at. Then there's the signs of the times. Matthew 24, verse 37 talks about. And that's the lowering of more standards. God never changes. You know that? You know what people are trying to do today? They're trying to get God to change and come over on their side of the fence. I had a young couple come in my office, and before they came in my office, they knew my stance on certain things about marriage. And they come in and said, Now, preacher, you can do this for us. We've been knowing you for years. You, you can sure do this. I said, No, I can't. I can't change what God is. Amen? And yet people want to do that. They want you to change and not them. Uh, there's a generation of pleasure-mad people uh, that uh, uh, in the world today, a generation of sex madness in the world today, a generation without any fear of God today, 
according to one survey in America alone, listen to this, 17 million children never attend any Sunday school. Think about that. 17 million children never attend any Sunday school. 70 million are not members of any church of any denomination in America. But the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do you know what you got to do to teach your children? Fear. Fear the right thing. First of all, when you're bringing up your children, when I was a little boy, if I saw a cop, what was the first thing I was reminded of? You better be careful. You respect him. He's got a gun on his side. He'll shoot you. You know that? That's fear. You know what that is? That's not fear of him doing you bad. That's a fear there is a law. Don't break the law. There's a penalty for breaking the law. That ain't so now. Hey, people break the law and they go before a judge. The judge comes up and you stand before you send you right out the back door. You go around the front door and you do the same thing. You come in again. And that's going on all across the world right now. Especially in this country. And you, you can look at the times, the Bible says, internationally, religiously, and morally. And all I can say is, even so come Lord Jesus. That's the only answer. Remember this, everybody will meet Jesus one day. And you'll meet Him in your as your Savior, or you'll meet Him as your judge. And it's just that simple. And I want to be on the right side of that judgment seat. Amen? Well, wouldn't it be something, and, and I've thought about this so many times because I've preached so many funerals of people that's died, and everybody has to go stand before God. I'm glad I'm on the right side of that judgment seat. You know what God's going to say to me one day? Come and enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Just come on in. But that one that stands there with his sins unforgiven, the judgment of God has depart from me. I never knew you in the lake of fire. And brother, I want to be on the right side. And that's the reason that I want to tell everybody I can how to be saved, how to receive Christ, have your sins off of you, where you'll be ready to go. And that doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. That's a personal thing. I've tried to teach my kids and every young person that I come along. If they, they talk to me about their life, I, I tell them one thing. Think for yourself. Don't get in a crowd and let a crowd think for you. You think for yourself. You got to pay the penalty. You got to stand. You got to give an answer for your life. If we have a crowd of 50 get together and they say we want to rob a bank, come on and go with us. Let me tell you something. You're going to jail. If they catch you. I don't know about the rest of the 50, but if they catch you, you go into jail. You're going to have to pay the price. And I want everybody to thank for yourself. And when it comes to religious matters, we are, we've got to teach our people and our children especially, thank for yourself. Don't let a crowd thank for you. You've got to stand before God. Amen? And when you do that, then you make the right decisions. Glad I'm saved today, aren't you? Heavenly Father, will you bless the coming hour now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.